Welcome to the Learning Reinvented podcast brought to you by myself, Katie Godden. And James Politilo from The Learning Effect. There are lots of learning podcasts out there, so we wanted to do something slightly different. We've been running the podcast now for just over six months and we haven't really gone into the backgrounds about myself and Katie. So we wanted to this week take a look back at our journey to set up The Learning Effect, including what led us to set up the company and a bit of an insight into some of the highs and lows along the way. So Katie, do you want to share with the listeners a little bit about yourself and your background? So I left school when I was 16 and didn't really have a clue what I wanted to do. Um, I didn't really have any sort of ambitions and then stumbled across a job um, that just so happened to be in the learning space. So they delivered uh, e-learning content to mainly schools and universities. So I worked there for about five years um, really got into that job, really started to, to kind of love the learning industry. Then I moved in-house um, to Home Retail Group and I was there for about two years. So we were delivering learning to Argos Home Base and Habitat um, and I looked after the system side of things there. Um, and that's again kind of where I got my love for the learning systems and, and kind of understanding how things work, especially like for for quite big organisations where it's a bit more complex. Um, then I moved to Carpet Right, where uh, I was a learning systems manager. So we implemented a brand new learning system there, which was really interesting. And it was more of a, a social platform as opposed to kind of your traditional learning system. So that was quite exciting. We really transformed the way we, we delivered learning there. Um, and then I moved from there and that's where I met you, James. So what is your background? I think similarly to you and to lots of the people you've spoken to, I sort of fell into learning. I, I didn't ever intend to go into learning. So, you know, I, I came out of school, I went and did a law degree because I was really interested in the law and crime and how things worked. And the more I did that, I realised there was lots of things I liked about it, but I didn't really like it as a profession and it was more of an interest. So. At the end of my law degree, I was like, what well, I really didn't know what I wanted to do next. So I went and took a job in retail, which is what I've been doing whilst I was at university, just to pay the bills and keep going. So I ended up in retail and quickly got into management. And then I got I was uh, offered a promotion and there was a choice of going down a purely management route or a route that was half learning, half management. And uh, there's a really great person I was working for at the time who said you'll be bored out of your brain just doing management go and do this other role because there's a couple of aspects to it and that's really how I got into it and I was really successful in that role I ended up getting seconded to a central team and then working on new store implementations ended up doing a load of training before the year 2000 on new systems because the whole world was going to fall over with the millennium bug as with the bug of the time um, and then my career's just sort of progressed from there and it's it's been I've worked in lots of different sectors and I've ended up working right across the HR space so I've worked in recruitment HR roles but predominantly always with a learning or a, a talent view to it and I've always been in my view at that end of how do we make an organization better how do we improve what we're doing so yeah i've worked in facilities the care industry for a long period of time and i, I suppose my specialism has been about going into places where there wasn't really anything there so starting up from scratch 
or turning round functions that maybe the business had changed or the function wasn't quite where it needed to be. So I found always found that really, really interesting. And I think along the way, tech has always played a part in that. So whether that's, you know, right in my first roles of, of, of training around new tech coming into businesses or through to when in recruitment roles, putting in new recruitment systems or HR systems or or learning systems. But for me, it's always been about how does that tech support the business? And I know Katie, tech's always been a, a key part of your role as well. So I think that's where when we started to get to know each other probably four or five years ago now, you know, we we saw that similarity and we could uh, see the benefit of, of tech really making a, a difference. And that's where we started to have conversations and get to know each other. But it probably wasn't until that role where we actually worked together, where we started to, to understand that maybe we saw things very similarly, but differently to lots of other people. Yeah, definitely. I think we had um, lots of things in common, especially around like kind of implementing tech what, and, and kind of creating that purpose as well um which is also which is sometimes kind of missed a little bit where people kind of put in tech and they think that that's that's going to solve all their issues whereas for us it wasn't about that it's trying to find the, the right tech for the right company for for the right reason as well um and and it was interesting to have conversations with you and and have someone uh with similar a similar mindset to mine as well yeah and i think when we were sort of starting to share those stories and build our understanding of how we both thought we were looking at all the times we'd been sent into other organizations or you know acted as a referral case about best practice on different projects and we were sharing those stories about what we'd gone in and seen in other companies and you know the culture wasn't right for the system or what they're they were trying to implement wasn't aligned to their strategy or no one bought into it or there were skill set gaps and I just remember having those conversations over a period of weeks and months where we were really sharing and, and starting to understand what we saw as the the challenges but also those opportunities to make things better. Yeah definitely I think I think then we started to realise there was a, a potential gap in the market um, where you've got kind of the the consumer and the suppliers and if you've got the consumer end of that um, if you haven't got that kind of understanding within your team in the learning space it's really difficult to then get um, a great story at, at implementing tech but not just implementing tech having the right learning strategy as well so obviously that's where kind of our ideas started rolling even more and I think, you know, at the time as well, we were facing challenges in the project we were working on where mm -hmm. what was being said about the project was not really what the organisation wanted to do. So we were seeing some of those front, those frustrations that we'd seen back in our careers, almost in that microcosm. And we were experiencing those together and we, yeah. we started to talk about why did that happen and what needed to change and why people were in that situation and, and and what we could do to to help organizations that really wanted to make a difference to achieve something more than they were currently achieving yeah i think that really kind of helped us write a business case, case for actually setting up the learning effect um because that kind of pulled through like the, the key aspects of where we wanted to help people with and, and that's the whole point of us doing this right is to help people it's not just kind of say that we're, we're 
better than anyone else and you should do it this way it's literally just we think that there's great potential and and people can really transform the way their their employees learn and we can really be a part of that and actually help people take them on that journey yeah i think that was really important you know certainly to us but but to me because in my career i've not stayed in one industry i've moved around lots of industries lots of different types of organizational ownership structure size and what I've seen and experienced is is people coming into new businesses and treating them in very different ways. So I've seen people come into businesses where I've been in and they come in, and they think, oh, I've worked for a big company or I've been successful in my previous role. And I've seen them come in and just go, basically, here's what I did last time. Here's a template and we're going to put it in. Mm-hmm. And, you know, my my approach has always been get in there and understand the business, get in there and not talk about learning or HR or those things, but get in and understand the business and and try to work out what makes that business unique. What are the things that are going to make that business successful? What are the things that are going to hold it back? And yeah, you'll bring some of your learning and your experience from previous roles, but I can pretty much guarantee your solution for that new business should be different because that context you're working in is different and when we were looking at what level of support was out there we were seeing learning systems out there that were promising great things and you can achieve great things with learning systems but they were being put into businesses where that context wasn't right or all Mm -hmm. of those other factors around the edges weren't there to set them up for success so we were seeing there was a problem for the learning tech providers because they wanted to sell in. They were selling a dream. They were selling stuff. And internally, people may see that as very attractive and they might buy into an engagement story. But sometimes that join in the middle or the mismatch was was why things were falling down. And we thought we could help both parties to make sure that those things were helping businesses, learners, the teams and ultimately results for everyone involved. Yeah, I think it's definitely a, a one size doesn't fit all. Um, but but obviously people go with a different approach, like you said. So obviously we, we've got the, the name, The Learning Effect. Do you want to say like why we came up with that or how we came up with that? Because it's quite an interesting story as well. Yeah, we really struggled with that. Um, you know, we, <laughs> we, we batted a lot of ideas around and we came up with lots of different names. And I can't, I can't even remember, you know, we, when we were throwing round one, there was it just sort of stuck. And we were, we were talking, I think it first came, or my recollection of how it first came is we were talking about sort of little impacts making a really big difference. And we were trying to sum that up and we ended up talking about the butterfly effect. And then we, you know, we we're going, OK, you know, maybe this is a learning effect because it's about what happens. It's about the impact. It's about the outcome. It's about making small changes to what you're doing rather than these grand projects that don't deliver. So that really started to resonate and and we were batting that back and forward. But then we started to challenge ourselves back and we were we were talking about it and going, should it really be the learning effect? And the reason we were questioning that was around the word learning, because I think something that's certainly important for us is that learning in itself is not an outcome for most businesses. It's the business performance, the personal improvement, the improved performance in your job, the progression towards your career goals, that's that's what's important for us, not the learning itself. That learning is a means to an end, not an outcome. 
And so we started going, oh, maybe we could call it the performance effect. But then being us, we were playing devil's advocate and going, well, that will just be seen as performance management. So there are people, mm-hmm. people just trying to contact us when they want to, you know, lay off half their workforce or something else like that. So, yeah, we were really kicking around and trying to understand where we were trying to position ourselves in that market and to make it different. And also looking back and I know we were we were looking at different ways that people would put systems into businesses and and trying to come up with the model as to how we'd want to work with clients. So we were looking at things like um, interim consultants that would come in and work on an implementation or some of the other ways of doing it. And I know Katie, you've got some pretty strong views on on why some of those don't necessarily work in business. Yeah, so I think like consultants or the, the the experience that we've had with consultants, like from being in-house and then seeing what other people are doing, you find that they either kind of are there to project manage a, a project and it's literally there just to kind of host meetings and make sure things are running on time. Um, or you get other aspects where you've got people that have implemented the same system over and over again in different businesses. Um, but like we were saying previously, that's not always the best case. So like the right system might not or the same system that you've implemented before might not be right for the business. Um, so that's something that's really irritating, but I think that's also something that kind of makes us stand out because James and I have got um, so much in-house uh, experience and knowledge that makes us stand out from the rest of those consultants because we've we've been there, we've walked the walk, we understand those kind of like political uh, office politics, etc. Um, so we can actually really, um, get in we can understand your business and and that's everything that we offer is kind of bespoke to you as well so we're, we're not just there to to implement the same old system over and over again and use the same process we'll really come in understand your business um, and then take it from there and bespoke anything that we're doing to make sure it fits you and, and it's right for you and it's interesting when we started to test out our ideas of how we'd work in the industry and we were talking to you know suppliers we knew well we were talking to other people in the industry you know we started to understand that having those truly um we started to understand that having those consultants or that support that was agnostic that wasn't tied to one particular supplier and pushing that supplier or there to resell that particular product was quite unique but also it's going to be quite different because that wasn't necessarily the standard way of operating in the market. So we were doing something slightly different and we did realise that was going to be slightly different because we were talking to potential suppliers and they were like, well, what does agnostic mean? And you're still going to just put us forward, (laughs) aren't you? And we had some really interesting conversations around that. And, you know, we were articulating it that we are there to try and find the best solution for everyone involved. And because every journey is unique, it's absolutely key for the suppliers that they're not finding a client who's then going to be a difficult client because what they've got is not what they need or they don't have the capabilities to make the most of it or it's not at the right point in their journey. So we're looking at the best outcome for all parties involved. We got to the point where we were testing out those ideas. We'd started to think about it. We'd got a name. We were we were starting to think about moving and running our own business. But then there's that leap, even though we knew it was 
the right thing to do or we felt it was the right thing to do there's always those questions you've got going in the back of your mind as to how's that work is it going to work are we ever going to get a customer you know I, I don't know what what you were thinking Katie at that time yeah I think it kind of opened my eyes that you're uh, more willing to take a risk than what I am um, and I, I remember being really aware that I was on my own. I had a mortgage um, and I had lots of bills to pay for. And, and like you said, you, you're hoping that you are going to get the clients. And it's not that you don't believe in yourself. It's just you've got that that big risk kind of hanging over you. But I'm so glad that we did take that risk. Um, and we're still here nearly two years later as well. What were the risks for you? Well, I think for me, you know, I was looking at it in, in a couple of things so you know there was stuff changing in my life anyway so we were due to have our first baby um and that that was that was coming up and i thought you know the sensible logical person says stay doing what you're meant to do and then I, the other part of me just went actually maybe i should have done this before or maybe this is where i should be or you know i want to do something that that really interests me and if I'm if I'm going to work and balancing another part of my life that's new I want to be doing something that I really believe in so I think there was that aspect aspect of it um also being honest as well as 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 someone who's been in learning roles where I've been traveling all over the country lots of meetings out and about having a business gave me a bit more control in how I could spend my time and actually having a baby I might be able to spend some time with it rather than <laughs> just being absent so I think you know there was a potential risk and potential benefit but you know if I look at the logical financial position I'm going from relative stability of you know 20 odd years of employment through to actually here's a new venture you're going to step off you know and, and being me I'm you know not worried just about me and my family but also like you know you and the business and everything else and mm. and how we're going to make that work because you know I didn't want to run a business on my own it wanted I wanted to be in that with you because I thought we could you know we've got complementary skill sets I work better as part of a team I think you do as well and it's you know those things that were were the exciting bits and the risk bits and yeah it was I think it's a it's a leap of faith that we chose to take. I think often when I've spoken to people, they've taken it off the back of a redundancy or they've taken it off being pushed. We actually sort of trod off that cliff voluntarily. Uh, and yeah, yeah, you made the jump. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, we, we made that jump leap or whatever you want it to be. But yeah, I mean, you can't say it's not a a difficult decision to make but yeah I, th I think I was certainly just like yeah let's just do it. Yeah no definitely I, you definitely were, were more willing to take that risk and I, I wanted to but I was definitely more worried about it but obviously setting up the business uh, I think we've managed to go through pretty much anything you could do at setting up a business or when setting up a business sorry um, so I think the first one was your kidney stones wasn't it? Yeah, absolutely. I think yeah, we, we have not sailed the smooth ship of setting up a business in the first couple of years. So, yeah, I remember. So, you know, we were starting the business and it was August 2019. So we're just coming up well, mid mid July, August. Yeah, it's summer, July, of 2019. Yeah, summer of 2019. It was very hot. I don't know if you remember, you know, it was it was getting up for late 30 
degrees and I've had kidney stone issues for on and off for a few years and so my wife's due to give birth beginning of August and two weeks before she's due to give birth I wake up in a amazing pain she has to take me up to the hospital and we're there at like four o'clock in the morning in A&E um, and I get admitted with a kidney stone. So my wife's there heavily pregnant. Clearly everyone in the hospital thinks we're there for her. No, we're there for me. So I'm to there deliver to, your kidney <laughs> to deliver my <laughs> kidney stone. So I'm there, you know, emergency surgery that day. <laughs> and then I'm, I'm, I'm shoved home. And um, I think it was two weeks before my wife was due to be induced. And um, so I had surgery. I was in absolute agony afterwards. I was then sent home the following day and I I spent the following week in bed in absolute agony and then had to go back into hospital the following Sunday. So we're now seven days to my wife's due to be induced. Meanwhile, Katie and I are meant to be setting up a business. So we're at the start of setting up a business. Katie's due to join me. I've been doing a bit of preliminary work. So and in my planned head, all of this time was going to be spent getting the business, doing a handover to Katie. Katie was going to cover things, get things going whilst I was taking paternity leave. But no, I was back in hospital and then they found that they made a mistake on the surgery and I was finally fixed that week. But yeah, I remember like three days before our son or my wife went into hospital i i couldn't get out of bed i couldn't do anything and i think katie was probably thinking what have i got into business with here to be honest but i don't know what was going through your head uh, i think that was just the tip of the iceberg in the grand scheme of things <laughs> and we thought that that was going to be it and everything might have been a bit more smoother sailing but but unfortunately not but I think it's just one of those things that happens, isn't it? You can't help kidney stones. It wasn't it wasn't the worst thing in the world, although I think for you it probably was at the time, because I remember speaking to you when you were in absolute agony and could barely talk. Um, so I could feel I could feel your pain via the phone. So. Um, so, yeah, I think after you kind of got over that, you, you had your paternity leave and, and obviously your son was born. That was all exciting. And we started uh, getting out and meeting new people um and started to get like business like come through as well which was really good and we were always really excited um but then what else happened james <laughs> I'm not, I, let's not go on to the next problem that we had let's let's talk about some of that good stuff as well because I, I remember you know we got through that bit obviously my son's born that's really you know that was great and we you know we we're spending time we were meeting up we were putting things together we were getting out we were meeting people we were starting to you know do all the things you do when you're setting up a business and that was really exciting and I think the energy that gives you of even the little things you know the first call back you get the first person you speak to so yeah we're feeling really energized we're going to lots of networking events meeting lots of people and then yeah being the clumsiest pair of people in the world I managed to fall down the stairs on the bus and break my hand so again <laughs> a minor blip in the in the things that were happening but yeah it, I think it just sums up that no matter what plans you make for things and when things are going smoothly I think we've learned that bumps will come along and you just need to to ride with them so yeah you know little blips along the way but that sort of coincided as well with us getting our our first well we've had a trickle of clients through but we got our first proper clients through about that time as well. Mm -hmm. 
yeah and that was really exciting i think because we were we were working in a different way weren't we as opposed to working in-house and having like i said before like those the, that kind of office politics etc we were we were out of that and we were there to do our job and deliver what we were there to deliver um so that was exciting and we were coming up with our processes and and actually working as the learning effect which we hadn't really done before and um, so kind of all of our hard work and all of the pain and effort that we got through to set up the company we're starting we were starting to kind of see something out the back of that as well yeah and i think there's validation you know you can within the pair of ourselves we we think in a similar way but as you're starting to work with those clients and and see the benefit and see people see the real value of what you add and and you help them through problems that they've been stuck in for months in matters of hours or days you know it started to validate those conversations we'd had back before around setting up the business and the gap in the market and we started to see that actually there was a real product here or a real service that was adding value and i think yeah that was massively exciting and you know you care you get involved with your clients it was it was massively exciting to to start to see that come to fruition and to see the business start to grow and build life and yeah, we were building our client portfolio. We were uh, building a good pipeline of talent. We were having lots of conversations. We had some articles published. You know, we started to feature on podcasts and and various different things. And it was starting to create some good interest in some really interesting organisations. But being asked along the way, you know, again, we had to had to have a few challenges. I think it was then my turn uh, to kind of experience a bit of a bump in the road. So um, in October 2019, unfortunately, I experienced domestic violence. Um, but fortunately, I decided to set up a business with someone that was able to actually support me through that time um, and, and helped me um, when it was really difficult to focus on kind of the work that we were doing. And obviously we had lots of excitement around that. But then obviously focus on the, the bits and kind of help me concentrate and, and kind of come through that as well. Yeah, I, I think it was a, you know, clearly a very difficult time for you. And, you know, I think being me, I wanted to help you. I wanted to keep the business going. I wanted to support you through that. And I was, you know, having, you know, had some of those issues in my past as well, you know, gave me that empathy, but also you know, I hadn't had the smoothest start to the business. Mm -hmm. I think, you know, it is if you're in any sort of business or in any sort of, you know, partnership or anything like that, I think you've got to understand that there's going to be good times and there's going to be bad times and there's going to be times where you have to change your plans and support people. So, you know, I was just trying to do my best to to be there for you, to remove what burden, but also, you know, to keep you involved. It was weeks, months, whatever it was, I don't even remember now, but it was just I think it was maintaining that communication, that trust, giving you space when you needed it, being there, you know, and we worked through that together, you know, and, you know, I'm immensely proud of you in terms of how you dealt with that and and how you you managed the situation through and, and you know, how you you didn't just let things lie either. And, you know, that and that's challenging. That takes real strength to do that. Yeah, yeah, I think it, like I'm proud of myself if I look back on things because it was an extremely difficult time. I think you never really appreciate how difficult it was until you kind of come out of the end of it and you feel completely different um, because then you've kind of got that comparison to make. But but like like you said, what I achieved during that time 
um, in regards to that domestic violence case was a lot anyway, because obviously he got uh, prosecuted for it. Um, but also we, we still managed to keep the business going as well. Um, and then kind of a year and a bit on, I'm a completely different person and, and I'm grateful for that. I think even going through that process and this sort of sums you up as a person to me is that you were going through this process of, you know, trying to get someone prosecuted for what they'd done to you. And you were going through that process and using that as an opportunity or naturally seeing that as an opportunity to improve that process for others because you were having to work your way through that. The information provided to you wasn't necessarily straightforward. There were judgments being made about you. But again, almost your core skills came to the fore because you were you were helping them re-engineer that experience as you went through it you were trying to make it better for everyone else and you know i think that's one of the the values and the skills that i really respect in you that you know you bring to our business that you bring to how we work and you know i could start to see the shoots of you coming back out because you know you're still that person but obviously you're going through something traumatic but you can't help being the good parts of you and those really positive and energetic parts of you but yeah there were there, you know it was a it was an up and down time time for you and for us working as a business through. But, you know, as you said, 18 months later, you're a still the same you, but with, you know, different and experience. And as you say, a better person is how you see it. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I think I think we were going through that, weren't we? And then obviously going into 2020, we both tried to have a positive mindset, given everything that had gone on the previous year. And then um obviously March hit <laughs> and uh, COVID hit, um, which which was an interesting time for us, wasn't it? I think it was because we'd had, as we said, we were build, really building up momentum. We had lots of clients in the pipeline. We'd had lots of initial meetings with people. We obviously had clients we were working with, but we even had a number of proposals out with people literally, you know, on people's desks ready to be signed. And then suddenly COVID just started to become this reality that was coming towards people and then the world shut down and furlough happened and and yeah literally half the people we were dealing with just disappeared into furlough or overnight or into dealing with business crisis and you know we can completely understand that you know we've been in big businesses we know we were having to to adapt and change ourselves but you know we're a tiny business and and we could be more agile and nimble and and yeah so it was a it was a weird time for everyone but certainly a challenging time for us as a business yeah i don't even think just for us as a business it was challenging i think it from in our personal lives as well it was also a challenging time wasn't it because we were suddenly trapped in a, our houses and i'm fortunate enough to live in a house with a garden but but obviously you're in a in a in a flat in London so it's slightly different so I think like working together and, get, and getting through that and kind of being there to support each other as well um, that was also a big thing that we needed to do during that time because I think if we hadn't had that um, that would have been quite difficult if we were kind of in it on our own a little bit more. I, I don't think our working patterns changed massively apart from the fact we just couldn't go out and we couldn't go meet clients on their premises mm. or we can go do the regular meetings we would have as well but mm. our day-to-day -day working of working together you know we'd always use teams as our our choice for you know talking constantly working collaborating sharing so 
that as a way of working was not particularly new. The monotony and the lack of change and and the uncertainty and almost and I think you can expect this at some point as a business, but there was a a complete flip to us having to as well as deliver for the clients we've got try and work out how we could attract and position ourselves with new clients whilst the world had changed for everyone else as well so it became that you could, there were no networking events you know the people were busy trying to manage their lives trying to work out what they were doing with homeschooling or various all sorts of things and it became really difficult to connect with people and for a newly established business that hadn't yet built those years of reputational clients, it, that that was a challenging time for us. And you know, I can understand all the people who've said, well, they don't want to be contacted by anyone to sell stuff or why people are selling stuff. But I think sometimes a bit of an empathy as well with those people who are trying to run businesses because there is no way to contact people. It's been really, really challenging to to work through that. But you know we've worked through that and we and we've managed to do some different things along the way yeah i think i think if we hadn't have had covid we wouldn't have created things like the community that we set up um which is for learning professionals to join and you can it's a place a space to share and collaborate and and we gave that a go and we've also launched a new podcast the learning reinvented podcast um and i think their skill sets that we've kind of had to improve or adapt or um, gain uh, to be able to do that. And I, I think without COVID, um, I don't think we would have possibly done that. Um, so there have been the interesting bits that we've done along the way as well. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I think going back to when we were talking about setting up that business, we were obviously you want to make money, you want to have clients, you what you want to create a successful business. But we were always very clear that we wanted to to make a difference and one of my spurs for setting up the the business was that you know I was over 20 years in in learning and development in all sorts of guises and I was looking back and thinking not a lot's changed some of the frustrations I was having in the first year of my career is still here as to how we work as an industry so some of those more altruistic and wanting to make a real difference to the industry and start to create a greater understanding of what good looks like and and challenge some of those things that have been there for years and don't really add value. Those were things we wanted to do as a business. And as you said, COVID's given us a chance to start, start to create some avenues to challenge those or to create some longer lasting change. Yeah, definitely. And I, I think that we we can also bring that into to our clients as well. And we like that's one of the pieces that I really like when we work with our clients and we can actually see that the difference that we're making. And I, I remember one recently where we, we showed um, some learning platforms, a selection and and our client was so excited to see that. And and because that's something that we're passionate about and get excited about. It, it's nice to to kind of also pass that on to our clients. Um, and and would see their kind of passion and and it kind of makes us realize like that this is why we're doing it and this is why we set up the business yeah I think seeing people come back and you know some of the comments or the feedback we get that they would never have imagined they could do this or we've come up with solutions that they couldn't you know were beyond their scope of possibility or they can't believe how cheap or affordable or mm -hmm achievable some of the things we've managed to do with people are and you know the thanks and 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 the benefit people can see i think are hugely rewarding and they're 
you know they're rewarding they're validating they're the bits that drive us chasing clients is not our thing we know that it doesn't it's not what motivates us making a difference to people helping come up with brilliant solutions helping organizations and people do better things helping learning teams just go wow we're really now making a difference to our business that that's when we get excited or when we've got the new chart client and we're starting to get to know them and we're starting to see the possibilities and where we're taking them on that journey that's where our energy really comes to the fore yeah definitely i think i think we've experienced as well like sales is really difficult um and it's not something that like comes naturally to either of us and you've got to be patient as well and i think that's one thing that we both lack you probably more than me actually you definitely more than me in regards to patience um but but obviously it is a long old game and and i don't think you ever truly appreciate that until you set up your own business because you can have hundreds of conversations and not even get a sale out of it um, which is fine because they might be really good conversations, but then you can also talk to people and then a few months later they'll contact you and and they, they kind of want to buy your products. And that's a bit weird because it's not instant. It's not like going to the shop and buying a chocolate bar or something like that. And I think that's kind of opened our eyes to that. And it is about being patient um, and, and kind of not giving up either. Yeah, and I think it's a different type of sale than selling a product or selling mm. one learning system. I think if we were aligned to one learning company and trying to force systems in you just go to companies and go you need a new learning system this is the best one for you buy this one or you know obviously more yeah. sophisticated than that but i think because we're genuinely trying to help people we we need that in opportunity of people who who can see that maybe there's a better way that can recognize that not they don't need to buy a system they maybe just need to review how their team's working they need a bit of support with that they're coming out of the back of covid and their business looks different their industry looks different their customer expectations look different and therefore what they need to be doing is different and and maybe having that you know that supporting voice or you know whatever it happens to be we're there for them for what they need Mm -hmm. and 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 that's sometimes a difficult concept to get across but you know like you said it's a long game and we started to get some of those people come back to us after 12 18 months of mm -hmm. have come back and had those conversations with us and said look you know just been waiting for the right time really like what you guys are about the genuineness of how you operate the fact that you're aligned to focus it's not superficial you know you're there for for us and it, it is about a partnership absolutely admit i am not a patient person i like to see instant results i like to make a difference and i think coming from an internal predominantly operational role you you've got more control on those things so when you come back and and you're outside of a business and you're you're selling into lots of people and you can't see and you you know yeah it's, it's different and we you know but that's helped us learn and adapt as well yeah, so I think I think COVID didn't necessarily help with kind of like the long sale piece as well, because obviously we didn't know what was happening, like you said, internally and what people were doing and some people were furloughed, etc. But it's nice to see that we're kind of coming out the end of that now and we're starting to see some sort of normality because we saw a lot of people kind of make those quick changes because of COVID. They changed a lot of things, um, whereas other people didn't um, and they didn't necessarily take a leap. But 
whether those changes were for the right reasons or, or the wrong reasons or changes weren't made, we're, we're here to then be able to support people um, and take them on that journey and kind of get them the best kind of learning offering that they can for their business. Yeah, and I'm not sure COVID's been quite the catalyst that we thought it would be that, like you said, there's been very different reactions, but you know, and, and we've said this so many times over the last year, so who knows whether that will be true, but we're, you know, I'm certainly hoping that as things start to open up and and people are in a position to do something they've maybe done, never done before because, you know, lots of those learning activities have been on hold. There's an opportunity to really take stock now and, and think about what you want to do going forward and maybe do something a bit more challenging a bit different make a change you wouldn't have been able to before i'm looking forward to to helping some clients through those challenges so that's what i'm hoping for for the rest of the year as long with along with an ability to meet up again spend some you know some time collaborating working on things getting out meeting people and being a bit spontaneous both in and outside work yeah yeah that's one thing i think we're both missing um just being able to randomly go and do something because at the moment i think we've got gyms now we can and we can sit outside in the pub um but that's about it <laughs> but we're slowly getting there but but yeah fingers crossed i think the future does look bright for us um and we've just got to be patient and persistent um like we've learned along the way i think today has just been again part of our journey is we've realized and I think it came to the fore during lockdown as well that our business is about us and about the value we bring so it's important that we start to to share more of the good and bad of what we've done and you know hopefully us having this conversation today will just give people a bit more of an insight into us what we're about how we work and we'd love to get to know a bit more about other people as well yeah yeah i was going to say if anyone's got any kind of questions that they want to ask us they can capture us on our linkedin etc um and get in touch it'll be great to chat yeah thank you everyone for listening today thank you thank you for listening to this episode of the learning reinvented podcast we hope you enjoyed it you can register to join the learning effect community the link to do so is in the show notes below if you've not already done so please follow our podcast and if the learning effect can help you and your organisation, please do get in touch. You can find both James and Katie on LinkedIn and our contact details are in the show notes below.